Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. And welcome to another edition of the Brisbane Football Review with our NPL Sunday show. It is Scott and Adam with you as usual. I'm just checking. Nope, he's not on the stream this week. Adam, Mr. Silvers, how are you? Good, and our normal service has been resumed, it looks like. Absolutely. We've gotten rid of that interloper now. We will go through all the results <laughs> of the weekend's football in here in Queensland in the next half, half an hour or so, but it's been a pretty good weekend, hasn't it, Adam? It has. Uh, week, week two, obviously, um, a few a few new matchups and, and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, look, I think uh, already in some of the divisions, the cream are rising to the top, at least uh, in uh, MPL and uh, I think FPL2. FPL1, as expected uh, at the moment, it seems to be a dogfight for position. I think it's, uh, I think again, I think it's going to be with expectation. It's going to be a close run race. Absolutely, we'll go through all that in the next little while. But we'll start with the game which you were at, actually, because I wasn't able to get out there this afternoon to, uh, to Underwood Park for Olympic FC against Brisbane Royal Academy. It was a 5-0 win for the visitors, and it was a five-star performance. In fact, Keegan Yeltsin with a hat-trick, goals in the 8th, 40th and 72nd minutes. Shannon Brady and Jaden D as well. Adam and the Olympic were well and truly worth their win, weren't they? Absolutely. Um, I, I think that they, they look like that they're going to be... Um, a massive contender. If not, they probably go into favouritism now, uh, probably with Gold Coast Knights, who we'll talk, talk about shortly, um, for you know, for the Premiership race because uh, they they were very, very good. Um, I think the scoreline, I think, is a little bit flattering. I, I don't think uh, the young Royal were not that bad. Um they, they did sort of have have passages and plays, but uh, look at the end of the day, they they were clinical in their fishing and their defence was pretty much lights out. We will talk about the Raw in just a moment because a couple of interesting players did play in the game. But with Olympic, it's the first chance Eagles had a chance to see them in action in person this year. What do you make of them? Obviously, a bunch of new signings, including a couple of high-profile ones. How how are things ticking over in your your mind? Uh, look, it's only two weeks in, but uh, at the moment, I, I would say that uh, Ben Khan and staff would be very, very happy with um, with the pro with the progress. You know, obviously, uh, wins over Brisbane City and uh, and Young Raw. Uh, obviously, there's, there's probably teams up there that probably maybe higher rated. But look, the way they they brushed aside the Raw tonight. Uh, Look, I don't think they'd, they'd fear anyone at the moment. I think it's a it's a sign that you now they're really, you know, pushing for honours this season. And not for the first time they've been pushing for honours. They haven't quite gotten the last couple of years, but they've always been there or thereabouts, haven't they? And much like we talked about Gold Coast last week, where a lot of their attacking players were on the board early this year. We see Keaton Neal, Shannon Brady and young Jaden D on the score sheet today. That's really good, isn't it? The fact that they've got a lot of good attacking options. And Takara Okada last week. So they've got a lot of good attacking options, but it's not any one individual is it there's a whole lot of them that are co- contributing and there's a couple of others who were in the top five of the golden boot race last year it's like Kiapel and Dan Leck who haven't scored yet but it's a great array of options it's a good thing for Ben Khan and, and Olympic that they're all getting on the score sheet relatively early in the year yeah it's actually it's actually a very I reckon a very scary prospect for the other the other 11 teams because you, you're right that yeah you know, they've, they've got plenty of options they're kicking Yelchich scoring three three tonight uh, and we'll talk about in the preview about you know the options that 
yeah, Olympic has up front. Like I said, Zach Kierpal is probably, yeah, he, he, he sort of had to do a lot of grafting. He did tonight uh, as well. Um, like I said, he, he did a lot of the grunt work up front. And uh, and like I said, Dan Leck, who hasn't played, who didn't play uh, tonight, he's due back next week. So there, there are a couple of, there are a couple of options there. Um, and even, even, you know, young Jaden D uh, who, who got on late, you know, in, in what was probably, you know, the game well and truly ahead, and he even you know, got a score sheet with you know, a nice breakaway goal and you now round round the keeper to score. So um, they, they've got plenty of options, and uh, if if they all fire at once, um, yeah, I pity I pity the team that you know that they really put a score on. And like of course, uh, yeah, you got Takara Carter as well, who I uh, thought you know he he looks a very very skillful player. We've certainly seen a lot of him in other MPLs around the country. And you're right, they've certainly got a lot of firepower. But at the other end of the field, Adam, I mean, a lot of, not questions right after the Olympic, but they have lost a lot of players. You know, Zach Anderson, he retired right on the eve of the season. They've had a couple of other defenders, or defensive-minded players move on in the last, on the off-season. What do you make of them defensively? I know that probably wasn't the stiffest test today for them, but it's a bit of a different-looking back four for Olympic this year, isn't it? Oh, well, we can't complain about um, having conceded a goal in 180 minutes. So two two straight clean sheets. Um, and, and yeah, look, I think they look as solid as ever. And uh, I think sort of they, they they do on paper look a bit thin. So if there's injuries or suspensions that, that come in play, that, that might create a little bit of an issue for Olympic. But obviously, you know, week two at the moment, um, they, they do look... Uh, like a very, very settled uh, back four. And, and a few players, you know, Matt Mundy, you know, being being that utility player and um, probably their most, their ultimate utility player, Shelford Dais, filling in uh, in those in those roles. Plenty of experience between those two as well. So Olympic, they certainly have got a lot of experience. And they're used to being up the top of the table. It's a very good start to the season once again for them. As for the Raw Adam, I mean, this is, one point from six to start the year for the side who finished second last year. We know they've had a lot of turnover, as you expect, with the Raw, but what do you make of their performance today? Uh, it's it's difficult when they, on the on the score sheet that they got, you know, comprehensively sort of outplayed. There there were some some bright bright lights uh, for them. You know, the they they did defensively. They, they weren't they weren't that bad. I, it's it's not like a five nil. You think that they would just got blown off the park. Raw had their moments where they controlled possession. That basically that uh, Olympic sort of had to, had to actually withstand a bit of a bit of pressure. But it's just no. It just seems to be they're still working on you know that that end product. And it's a case of they, if they start putting it together and start putting their play plays together. And they take they take the opportunities, then it might look better. But at the moment, it just seems as though there's 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 no hardly any end product at the moment. I think it's just a case of they're still working through the combinations. Obviously, Eli Adams just back from his overseas sort of trolls is starting to get in the shape of it. They, they had they had Jez Lofthouse play tonight, who was you know, trying to acquire some minutes. He played the full full ninety tonight. He he again was. Without without scoring, he was a a threat, and and also as well, it, it falls on you know, players like a Josh Morland, and you know, as well, who's who's sort of you know it's it's a big season for him as far as his development, and you know, you, you got you got we'll have players like a perhaps a Cyrus Demi going between the senior team and the MPL team as well, so there might be a bit of disruption as far as 
as their continuity in play. But once I think Chris Cross themselves gets in the A-League season's over and he gets a settled team, I think that's when you start seeing you know a few more strides because it looks as though at the moment, especially with the way the A-League season has, has panned out, I think that um, Warren Moon is using the MPL side to get minutes in the legs of you know, those fringe players, which may, I think, be a little bit disruptive as far as what you know Chris Grossman wants to do. Obviously, at the end of the day, um, that, that's what the the function of the MPL team is to be there to support the senior team and those players. But um, yeah, I think when you look at purely from a results point of view, I think having players like a Jez Lofthouse and uh, Anton Milnarich, who who also played in this game tonight, I think having them come down, I think that might might sort of disrupt the the, the game plan a little bit. I see you mentioned Jez Loftus. He did play the full 90 minutes. Anton Milnarich got to about 70 minutes, and it was interesting. Lachlan Duke got the minute. Got the start in goal tonight after Nick O'Connell did last week. We saw with the Roar in the A-League yesterday with the, the sending off of their goalkeeper. One of those young lads may get an opportunity in the in the matchday squad in midweek on the bench. I'll we'll have to wait and see which one is preferred for that. But after the game, Adam, you caught up with both coaches, Ben Kahn of Olympic and Chris Grossman of the Brisbane Roar Academy. So that's what they had to say after the game out there. 5-0 win for Olympic over Brisbane Roar Academy. And we'll be back after this. Joined by the coach of Olympic FC, Ben Khan. Ben, firstly, congratulations on a big win tonight. Thank you. Yeah, it was a uh, yeah nice result, good scoreline. Uh, yeah, very happy with the outcome. Obviously, five uh, nil. Uh, Keegan Yelchich, who was scoring a hat trick, was he um, up for this game? Obviously, you know, being a former Royal Academy player. Uh, look, I'm I'm not sure. Honestly, I, I didn't really talk to him about that leading into the game. Um, we we just prepared as we would for for any other game and. Um, uh, look, Keegs, you know, over the last couple of years and, and in our pre-season, shown some real glimpses of, of the form he showed tonight. And the next step for Keegs is finding that consistency and finding ways to, to impact games uh, week to week. He was, he was outstanding today and um, I'm sure he's very happy with himself. Obviously, five goals aside, you must also be very thrilled with um, a second straight clean sheet. Absolutely, yeah. Look, I... Um, we uh, we were very good defensively last year. Um, you know we, we we weren't so so great going forward, unfortunately. But that uh, you know clean sheets got us into the finals in the end. And um, we uh, yeah we prepared really well this year uh, in pre-season to be to be strong defensively. But you know we, we had some you know the, the unfortunate loss of Jack Glover with his ACL and um, obviously Zach Anderson for for personal reasons uh, right before the start of the season. So. Uh, there were a few unknowns, obviously, with with how we'd how we'd go defensively, but um, we um, we've worked incredibly hard on the training pitch, and I know that we've got boys in that back line and all throughout the team and all throughout the squad um, that are really really passionate about um, stopping teams from scoring and denying chances, and and that's uh, when you've got boys that. Uh, are that hungry to keep clean sheets? It's uh, yeah, really refreshing, and they're they're over the moon with the rewards they got tonight. Obviously, um, you talked about the guys, the uh, guys in in the back line. Obviously, Shelford Dias, um, obviously one of your most versatile players. Um, he's he's uh, moved into the uh, defence this year after spending a lot of the last couple of years as a forward. Yeah, look, look. In all honesty, Shell, you know, Shell has been with me now. This is probably our uh, sixth or nearly seventh year together. Um, and look, for, for most of that, he's he's been a right back or a right wing back. That's that's where he plays. Last year, he was um, he was unbelievably unselfish for us, and he he filled a gap, a big gap that we had. And you know, he he did a real good job for the team. And 
Um, it was a real battle for him last year, you know, doing a job that he, he didn't particularly enjoy and, and knew that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't his best, but he kept his head down, did his job for the team. And uh, it's worked out this year that he's, um, he's, he's back in where he likes uh, playing at right back and he's in really good condition. And I thought he was, you know, thought he was outstanding tonight. <laughs> and uh, finally, obviously, uh, next week, look, go to Morton Bay. Um, obviously, big game. Obviously, you want to keep the momentum going. Yeah, look, um, Morton Bay, a uh, team that have really impressed me over, over the last couple of years. Royce has done a really good job there. Uh, I really like the way they play. Um, so, uh, yeah, a lot of respect for them going there. And we'll, we'll work hard in the week to, to make sure we're prepared and, um, and do everything we can to, to get a good result at Walter Park. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for your time and uh, good luck next week. Yeah, thanks very much. Pleasure. I'm with the uh, Royal Academy coach, uh, Chris Grossman. Chris, firstly, uh, thanks for your time. Um, what do you make of that performance tonight? Um, hard to depict, I think. Um, to be honest, from a from a will and want point of view, from an effort point of view for, for a 90-minute performance, I think it was quite embarrassing. But um, there were some moments, I think, in the first half we were quite good. Um, probably similar to last week a little bit. We failed to make our opportunities and key moments count. Um, and like good sides, like Olympic are, you, you get punished. And, uh, and we did tonight, um, unfortunately. For us, um, there's key moments that we're not taking and uh, and tonight we got punished, uh, uh, which is disappointing. Obviously, a couple of the um, A-League boys in Anton Milnarich and uh, Jez Lofthouse uh, are playing some significant minutes tonight. How do you think they went from an uh, overall perspective? Yeah, solid, I think. Uh, um, you know, a lot of tonight, first half, we probably spent a bit more time defending. Second half, uh, we were on the ball quite a bit and, and got hurt because we were lazy. Um, we were lazy in possession. Um, to set up uh, in transition. So, um, you know, I think uh, there'll be moments that, that they have a look at and go, OK, well, you know, I need to be a little bit better. But I think as a collective group, and I think, uh, you know, all of us need to be better. I think uh, if you're not going to be willing to match the effort and the desire um, by your opponent, you're going to get beat most most weeks. So for us tonight, I think, uh, you know, they worked extremely hard. They probably worked smarter than us um, in a lot of moments. And, uh, yeah. For, for us, scoreline, very disappointing. Um, I think that the effort to, to get us to that result uh, is even more disappointing. So we'll address that during the week. It, I'm, I'm glad um, we've got a couple of games coming up that, uh, that are going to really test us. And uh, as I said to the boys inside, it's going to be about how quickly we can, uh, we can pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, because we are a good footballing side. Um, but we just need to, we need to play a lot more and take key chances. Obviously, you mentioned uh, the road ahead. You've got uh, Capalaba next week at, um, at Max Haynes. Obviously, a tough game. Yeah, every every game's a tough game this year. I think I said at the start, the every game brings a different challenge and uh, Capalaba away is going to be no different, I think. They went within seven minutes of getting a point at night um, against night. So um, for us, it's going to be a big challenge. I think uh, for us, I need to see a bit of a steely resolve from our boys. I think, uh, yes, it's a young group, but uh, a will and want to, to roll your sleeves up and get dirty and battle where you need to, but play really good football, which I know we're capable of, um, is something that we didn't see tonight. But, you know, as I said, we were, we were outplayed in key moments tonight uh, by a lot of quality. So uh, we need to pick ourselves up and we'll look forward to next week and plan and prepare and uh, hopefully we see a reaction. And that's what both coaches had to say out there at Underwood Park tonight. Thank you to Ben and Chris, as always, for giving us their time. Adam, any final thoughts on the matchup out there? Uh, I think it's pretty much, pretty much covered, but uh, I just think, yeah, at the moment, Olympic, they look like the standard bearers uh, in, in the league, along with Gold Coast Knights.
And it's up for that you mentioned the Gold Coast Knights because that is where we will start the rest of our round to MPL men's wrap up with it. They had a 2 0 win away to Capalabar on Saturday night, a game which was reversed. It was originally scheduled to be held down on the Gold Coast, but due to the weather over the weekend, it was moved up to Brisbane in Capalabar. And goals from late goals from Christian Bramore and Kai Tapaldo gave Knights the win. And Knights keep keep on keeping on, Adam, but it's a sign of a good side, isn't it, that they've they're a really good second half team, aren't they? The Knights. We saw how good they were against Lions the week before. Clearly, they're a very strong team in the second half, and that's the sign of a team who is obviously getting some sort of instruction at half time, perhaps, and going on with it in the second half. I think. I think with uh, Gold Coast Knights again, I think it's a case of yeah, cream rises to the top, and I think. I think from from all reports, uh, we didn't see the game because we were uh, at, at Morton Daly for the. Uh, for the Brisbane Royal A-League game. So we didn't we didn't see uh, too much of that. But from all reports, uh, look, Capalabar did well to hold out, you know, Gold Coast Knights for 80-something minutes. But at the end of the day, it's a case of the good teams will find a way. And right now you're seeing, seeing that where that they seem to just, you know, get to the point where they just overwhelm uh, the, you know, their opponents. They did that, they did that to Lions, so the, last week where basically, you know, they, they overwhelmed them and then that was just turned end up being a tsunami almost of goals. Is this not so much on the on paper, but I'd say that uh, Scott McDonald be pretty um pretty satisfied with this performance. I'd say just quickly on Capalabar, two losses to start the year, but they played East pretty close last week. They held Gold Coast Knights for a long time in this game. I'm sure there's a lot of positives to come out of that from them as well. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people had them, including us. You know, in in sort of that relegation danger as well. So I think for them, it's going to be performances. Um, as long as they're not getting smashed off the park by the good teams, and they, and they get the points they can against sides they match up well against. Uh, at this stage of the lottery, no, who is actually that? Uh, who's at that level given some of the results? Uh, but uh, yeah, I think at the moment I don't think it's any cause of panic for Capalaba. I think you know, they'd be they'd be pretty comfortable, even though they're 0 from two. That, that at least they'll be compared of this season. Absolutely, we'll move on now to what in many people's minds was the match of the round: the defending champions, the Lions FC, playing host to the defending premiers, Peninsula Power, out there at Lions Stadium on Saturday night. A clash of two sides, which went down in round one, Adam. And this was this was this lived up to the billing, didn't it? It was a four-three win. Four Lions FC goals from John Carlos Solorzano, Zach Maltby, Andy Pengilly against his old side, and Matt Rydenton with a with a stoppage time free kick just for the winner for Lions and for power it was Oliver Pluzden, George Ewicker, and Dan Morgan with the goals. But this was for a while it was just ticking along and then it absolutely exploded, didn't it? It seemed like two teams that you know that they had a week one loss and they wanted to correct the wrong and it, it obviously it it delivered in spades as far as you know the big the big clash but it's two traditional you know roles that you know that just frankly don't like each other uh, for for all for all sorts of reasons and uh, and yeah it, it delivered uh, but Matt Rydenton. Um, what a what a free kick that was! Uh, I don't think you can fault Phil Zavax. He had a he had a pretty good game despite conceding you know four goals. Uh, made made some key saves that probably you know kept kept the game close. Uh, but yeah, I, I challenge any you know any keeper you know in this country to stop that free kick from Rydend, and that was an absolute bowler. And yeah, that's something that was a goal that you know may may uh, give Lions some confidence after what was would have been a tough week after getting absolutely uh, embarrassed by, by Gold Coast Knights the previous week on their home turf. Absolutely, bringing all his A-League and international experience to the fold there. 
Matt Wright Denton, a superb free kick for the winner there for Lions. Fit power, a couple of young guys on the score sheet. Well, we don't normally see too many young players at Peninsula Power getting a lot of minutes, but for Oliver Pulsner and young George Ewicker, not only playing, but also getting on the score sheet. That's a, a really good sign for them is that the next wave is coming through and that they're already contributing in a positive manner for them. Yeah, Peninsula Power, it's going to be interesting to see how they rebound. They're over two now, but obviously... Uh, we, well, you would have thought that maybe they would have been one and one going to this, that, you know, but a loss to Sunshine Coast Wanderers, who we, we saw, we talk about Olympic and uh, Olympic and Gold Coast Knights, who have been dominating and probably the standard. Uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers are also 2 and 0, as, we, as we'll get to shortly. Uh, and, and they're, and they're, and they're going along just nicely as well. So, so perhaps at the moment, it's it's hard to sort of work out where potential power are in the scheme of things. But uh, but to your point about younger players, that that is a good sign at least that the rebuild may may have sort of begun. You're doing my job very nicely. We will get to Sunshine Coast in just a moment. <laughs> but firstly, it's, it was good for Andy Pengilly as well. Two goals in two games for him. We know he's got this hundredth goal in the NPL last week. This was goal 101 and. It's, it was really good for him to get that goal against the former side, wasn't it? Because I'm sure it was a, I'm sure there was a lot flying both ways this week before the game, and it would have been really good for him to get that goal. Oh, absolutely. I think I think uh, both both from a a sort of a a long term sort of you know standpoint where you know Andy Pengelly is scoring goals you know every week. I think that's that's going to be very very important to Lions his success that he's on the score sheet regularly, but also as well against his old old club as well. And while he didn't you know, he didn't really celebrate, you know, as if you know, to, to sort of stick it up him, as, a, as it were, but he certainly did enjoy it. So, but I think, again, that's he's a natural goal scorer. But yeah, I think, and I think from what we heard as well, uh, in the, and there's a bit of, uh, a bit of afters as well from the, from the trial games just before the season started involving Andy Pengelly uh, as well. So there might've been a bit of payback on in that regard as well. And that may continue all season long. In the final game played on Saturday night down on the Gold Coast at Coplick Family Sports Park. It was a 2-0 win for the home side. Gold Coast, you know, goals from Sam Smith and Jared Kyle, cancelling out the goal from Kai Bolton. Adam and Brisbane City went a goal up in this game in the first half. And, and it was two goals in the second half from Gold Coast, you know, to peg them back. That seems that's pretty significant, isn't it, for Gold Coast United? Because these are the sort of games last year where they would drop points. And if they are going to make the step, which we know that Gray Piddick and the, and, the, and the boys down there are desperate to do, these are the sorts of games that they need to win. So getting coming from a goal back is a really significant moment for them, isn't it? It is. Uh, Gold, Gold Coast United, another side that probably we, we sort of look at and go on paper, they, they should challenge. And these are the games they need to win. Brisbane City, on the other hand, oh, that's it, that's. Uh, Two defeats now, obviously against their quality opposition. Uh, I don't think they'll be panicking just yet, but I guess uh, for Matt Smith and, and his side, that uh, they are they are mortal. That they can they can actually lose games. It's it's two the trot after having a perfect season. But again, quality opposition. I think they they know that that I need you and I to tell them that that you know they are never going to go through this season without without dropping a point. So it's just it, for them, it's just a matter of uh, re reframing and and going again. I think again they're not they're not getting blown off the park. They're big, they're they're competitive. It's just obviously taking chances and uh, and getting the, and uh, getting the opportunities when they get them. I'm sure when they get back to Spencer Park in the next couple of weeks, they'll be just fine. In the final game of the round, played on Sunday night, the game which Adam referenced earlier, Sunshine Coast Wanderers 3, Logan Lightning nil, a hat-trick from Andre Janseski. And the Wanderers, 
they continue on from where they were at the back end of last year, they are an incredibly hard team to beat. Now, this was at Kawana, not at the usual home of Budra, but it seems like there's a fortress travel because they've continued on that really strong home form once again. Yeah, that's that's a big win because we we were high in praise of of Logan's performance against uh, Brisbane Raw last week. So that that would have been a a fairly tough tussle. But uh, obviously, uh, Paul Arson has got uh, has got his side flying under the radar and and uh, and playing well. They 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 knocked over you know Peninsula Power, which was you know I think a lot of people would say would have been an upset. Uh, they probably expected to beat Logan, but still three uh, nil and they the two clean sheets. They've got to they've got to be happy up there up in the Sunshine Coast and they may be again one to watch. I think that you know a lot of people were riding them off at their own peril. Absolutely. In the final game of the round between Eastern Suburbs and Morton Bay United, will be played midweek, I believe, on Tuesday night out there at Heath Park. So if you're in the area, get on down into East for that one. We'll look at the table briefly here, Adam and Gold Coast Knights and Sunshine Coast one of they sit top of the table on six points out of six. Gold Coast United on four. Then you've got Lions and Easts on three. Logan one, Morton Bay one, and then City, Raw, Capalabar, and Peninsula Power yet to get off the mark at this stage. It's still very, very early, and I wouldn't be worrying about the table too much at this stage. We'll move on now to FQPL one, round number two. Starting off on Friday night out there at the Cleveland Showgrounds between Redlands United and Mitchelton. This was a 4-0 win for Redlands over Mitchelton, a result which we will talk about, actually, Adam. It was two goals for Rio Amoto. One for Gabby Hawash and one for Guy Santana. And I can tell you the, the second goal for Rio Emoto was a long-range strike on the half volley and is well well worth the look if you get a chance. So, Adam, we knew Redlands were going to be strong, but we, we, I think we both thought Mitchelton were also going to be strong. Two losses in a row for Mitchelton. Where do you sit on this one? Because it was a very good performance from Redlands, but Mitchelton, I think, we thought were going to be a bit, bit stronger. I think we always said about Mitchelton that uh, that well they've been notoriously slow starters the last couple of seasons, but I think also as well defensively, I think that they that's probably going to be their Achilles' heels, and and if they if they're not scoring goals, I think they're going to be sort of well and truly exposed. I think they've got they've got a very very high powered attacking lineup, but I think defensively they may be a little bit brittle, and uh, yeah, if, if you get a team like Redlands to score four goals on them, and if they can't find a way to score themselves, uh, they, they're going to be sort of exposed to something for Daniel Panisi and his team to really sort of go contemplate, is that you know, they need to tighten up their defence if they're going to if if their um, attack is going to be sort of stifled, but uh, look, with Mitchie, we always know they they are just notoriously slow starters for some reason. So uh, again, round two, you wouldn't be writing them off just yet, uh, but uh, it it is a worrying trend, especially the amount of goals that they're conceding and when they're conceding them. They do six goals conceded in the first two games. You're right, it's a very long way to go, and Mitchelton do tend to start a little slower than other teams. We'll go through the rest of round two in FQPL one now, Adam. It was a three-two win at home. For the Southwest Queensland Thunder on Saturday evening, against the Magpies Crusaders goals from Wilfred Philippe, Jack DiBatoli, and Young Gask got the winner off the bench. Four for the Thunder, or as for Magpies with goals from Angus McKenzie and Michael Lyle. So that was the game out there. In the other game on Roystar Rovers three, Southside Eagles three. Cooper McCormick with a brace and Mitch Roberts goals from Andoni Kalouris, Josh Elmer, and Michael Van Gend. I can also tell you that Roystar had. A player sent off and went up by two goals to nil and 3-1 before being pegged back in that game, Adam. Brisbane Strikers, three. Western Pride, one goal. So, Feli Sharef, Jordan Farina and Mustafa Jafari. Fernando, Ferdinand Amor on the goal scorer sheet for Western Pride. And in the game, 
played this afternoon out there at Stan McRae Field. It was a 3-0 win for Sunshine Coast Fire over Ipswich Knights. Two goals for Ollie Williams. That's a really good win, isn't that, for Sunshine Coast? I think we all expected that they were going to be stronger this year, Adam. We know they lost to Mackay in their first game, but that's a good win on the road for them. Yeah, look, uh, I think with uh, with Sunshine Coast, I think it's going to be a case of um, they're, they're, um, like I said, they're, it's tough to travel up to Mackay, especially at this time of year, and get and get points. Obviously, uh, mind you, Bristol Strikers made a mockery of that statement, but uh, <laughs> be that as it may. Did. <laughs> be that as it may, um, yeah, look, I think Sunshine Coast are going to be in for a good season. I think they're, they're obviously shown that they're obviously um, serious about really sort of challenging in FQPL1. I, I wonder if that has something to do with their membership in the um, within, within the AAFC and the National Second Division. And they're really sort of trying to show that, you know, they are going to, you know, really to give this a shake. They are, of course, former, you know, Queensland State League champions. So so they, they are very well accustomed to success. And after a few lean years, I think they may be, may as well, you now the P may have dropped with them. They really need to start uh, putting it forward. So, yeah, it's a, a good win over Ipswich Knights. So Ipswich Knights, they, they were um, fairly good last week. So at uh, Stan McRae Field, so... So yeah, a big three points away from home because again they will probably win more games away from, uh, they'll win more games at home and away. So I think away points will be vital for them. Absolutely. The table quickly: Strikers and Thunder sit top of the table on six points out of six. Rochdale on four. Redlands, Magpies, Caboolture, Ipswich, and Sunny Coast all have three points. South Sydney have been very impressive so far to start the year. They're on one point, and Western Pride and Mitchelton are yet to get off the mark. We'll move on now to FQPL2, Adam, where I'll quickly read through these results. It was a 2-0 win for Magic United away to Tringa Rovers. Goals from Akash Sharma and Robbie Smith there for Magic. At at Wakeley Park, it was Surface Paradise Apollo 8, South United 2 in that game. I won't go through all the goals because not one, but two goals each for Adam Powell and Sam King for Surface Paradise in that one. They've scored 14 goals in their first two games. Certainly, they know where the goal is to start the year, no doubt about that. Holland Park, Hawks 4, North Star 1 in that game. Two goals for Connor McCauley in that one for the home side. Albany Creek 4, Wynnum Wolves 2. Goals from Ryan Shaughnessy, Carter Glockner, and Junior Ono as well as an own goal for Ace. Graham Fife and Ren Yoshioka on the score sheet for, for the Wolves in that one. And in the final game played so far this round, Tonight, out there at Albert Bishop Park, it was North. It was Virginia United, beg your pardon, 6-2 winners over Coomera Colts. Four goals for Dylan Proctor in that one for the for the home side. There is one game to be played, Adam, between Grand Sissel and Sanford on Tuesday, but it seems like at the moment, Surface Paradise and maybe maybe Virginia look like perhaps their their sides to watch at this level this year. I know we called the F- FQPL two last season the League of Goals, and I think. Um, and I think South Paradise are going to absolutely break that, <laughs> break the, break the goal scoring scale on that. Fourteen goals in, in um, in two games. I, I, I look. These are the teams that know that aren't that bad. You know, like I know, I know. Look, Coomera, like Coomera, Well, we know that they were going to. They they struggled last season. It looks like their struggles will continue again that this is season. Who they beat in their first game by the way. They beat Coomera six two, and then they beat. So yeah, South. They beat South eight two. 
A2, so away from home. Yeah, they're, they're going to score some uh, goals, I think, this season. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think you might be want, might want to get in the queue already for them uh, getting promoted. I think that uh, it, it may be – I think, yeah, it may be – we're talking after two rounds. It seems crazy, but they, they look they look quality. They're off to a very strong start, no doubt about that. And as we'll go through the table quickly, Surface Paradise, Virginia, and Albany Creek, all on six points out of six. Holland Park Hawks and Magic United on four. Samford and Wynnum Wolves on three. The other teams yet to get off the mark there. We'll move on now, Adam, to the final league, which we will cover this week, which is FQPL 1 on the, on the women's side. Peninsula Power with back-to-back wins to start the season for them. One nil winners away to Western Pride. A goal from a corner, actually, from Emily Phillips just before the halftime break there. Two nil win for Brisbane City away to Logan Lightning. Ashley Hummels on the score sheet there for the visitors in that one. West, sorry, Southwest Queensland Thunder four. The gap nil goals from Lauren Sprebra, Michaela Broadfoot, Sally Carroll, and Jordan Frankie at the gap there in that one. And in the final game played tonight, Virginia United two, Mitchelton one there. So, Adam. Peninsula Power, we know that they have, they're have a club with great ambition and they struggled mightily last year. Two wins out of two. Has the tide turned up there on the Peninsula? I think it has. I think even, look, it's about a pair of 1-0 wins, but I think the most important part of that and what I think Alex Smith has brought to that side already is the two clean sheets. I think last season they were leaking goals uh, like like they're going out of fashion. And uh, I think that would probably be the most pleasing aspect for Peninsula Power's women's side at the moment is the fact that they've kept that they've kept two clean sheets. Obviously, and these are teams that were beat that were beating them last season as well. It's not like that, oh, they they've dropped a division and it's a different parents. These are the same opponents that they were playing last year, albeit uh, obviously different personnels and uh yeah, especially Western Pride, uh, to, to beat them at Briggs Road. Uh, especially with the ta- the score, the goal scoring powers I have, i.e., Abby Lloyd and Megan McGilligan. Um, yeah, to hold them to nil, that's a that's probably a fantastic effort. And I think we might be sort of thinking, you know, potential power uh, as far as promotion. Uh, maybe, maybe it might be a shot here. Yes, Meg McGilligan back after her exploits in the A-League Women's with the Brisbane Raw over the summer, making her first appearance of the season on the weekend. You mentioned Peninsula Power and Brisbane City. They are the two sides who sit top of the table in FQPL 1 in the women's side so far. They're on six points out of six. Mitchelton, Southwest Quinton Thunder, Virginia, Western Pride on three. Logan and the gap yet to get off the mark. Now, Adam, we, you know we always wrap this show, up, this show up with our performers of the week. What have you got for us this week? Uh, I... I did. Have, I sort of it's changed my mind a couple of times, but I think I've got to go with Keegan Yelchich. I think this this evening against uh, Brisbane Roar against his old his old side. I think he played with a point to prove, and I think we've we've seen the Keegan Yelchich we all knew knew exists as far as you know being a top line player. And I think I think he's going to thrive under you know under Ben Khan the Olympic sort of system. I think uh, I think it's certainly not gonna be the last time that he's gonna get on the score sheet. And uh yeah look he was he was magnificent tonight. He was absolutely no doubt about that. Now for me honorable mention to Matt Rydenda for his free kick. Honorable yep. mention to Rio Rio Emoto for his half volley strike for Redlands and honorable mention for Michael Geddes for his strike from a very narrow angle for the fourth goal for Virginia. you get. <laughs> that's, that's the three of them because in any other week, those three would actually be my performance of the week. But but Dylan Proctor scores four goals, you get performer of the week. It's as simple as that. Yeah, that's the rule. He is 
a tremendous strike. We saw him score plenty of goals for Virginia last year, and it seems like he's already off on that. So off on that path once again with five goals in his first two games and four this week. So he is performing all the week, Adam. And, and I'm going to have as many honorable mentions as I feel like. I make the rules around here. No, that's fine. <laughs> just, just sign up for next time. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, you're right. Uh, definitely Matt Rydenton's uh, free kick against um, that game-winning free kick. Yeah, that's uh, that, that certainly deserves to get a couple of mentions at least. Probably have given Andre Yen's you know, as well now that I'm thinking about it. But anyway, that will do it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Reviews MPL Sunday show. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. We'll be back once again next weekend to wrap up all the action in the MPL and FQ here in Queensland, and we'll talk to you all again next week.